The problem with good things that happen is that very often they disguise themselves as awful things. It would be lovely, wouldn't it, whenever you're going through something difficult, if someone could just tap you on the shoulder and say, don't worry, it's completely worth it. It seems like absolutely horrible crap now, but I promise it will all come good in the end. And you could say, thank you, fairy godmother. You might also say, will I also lose that half stone? And they would say, but of course, my child. That would be useful, but it isn't how it is, which is why we sometimes plough on too long with things that aren't making us happy, or give up too quickly on something that might yet work itself out, and it is often difficult to tell precisely which is which. A life lived forwards can be a really irritating thing, so Nina thought, at any rate. Nina Redmond, 29, was telling herself not to cry in public. If you have ever tried giving yourself a good talking to, you'll know it doesn't work terribly well. She was at work, for goodness sake. You weren't meant to cry at work. She wondered if anyone else ever did. Then she wondered if maybe everyone did, even Cathy Neeson, with her stiff, too blonde hair and her thin mouth and her spreadsheets, who was right at this moment standing in a corner, watching the room with folded arms and a grim expression, after delivering to the small team Nina was a member of a speech filled with jargon about how there were cutbacks all over and Birmingham couldn't afford to maintain all its libraries and how austerity was something they just had to get used to. Nina reckoned probably not. Some people just didn't have a tear in them. What Nina didn't know was that Cathy Neeson cried on the way to work, on the way home from work, post eight o'clock most nights, every time she made someone redundant, every time she was asked to shave another few percent off an already skeleton budget, every time she was ordered to produce some new quality-relevant paperwork, and every time her boss dumped a load of admin on her at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon on his way to a skiing holiday, of which he took many. Eventually, she ditched the entire thing and went and worked in a National Trust gift shop for a fifth of the salary and half the hours and none of the tears. But this story is not about Cathy Neeson. It was just, Nina thought, trying to squash down the lump in her throat, it was just that they had been such a little library. Children's story time Tuesday and Thursday mornings, early closing Wednesday afternoon, a shabby, old-fashioned building with tatty linoleum floors. A little musty sometimes, it was true. The big, dripping radiators could take a while to get going of a morning, and then would become instantly too warm, with a bit of a fug, particularly off old Charlie Evans, who came in to keep warm and read the Morning Star, cover to cover, very slowly. She wondered where the Charlie Evanses of the world would go now. Cathy Neeson had explained that they were going to compress the library services into the centre of town, where they would become a hub with a multimedia experience zone and a coffee shop and an intersensory experience, whatever that was, even though town was at least two bus trips too far for most of their elderly or buggied-up clientele. Their lovely, tatty, old, pitched-roof premises were being sold off to become executive apartments that would be well beyond the reach of a librarian's salary. And Nina Redmond, 29, bookworm, with her long tangle of auburn hair, 
her pale skin with freckles dotted here and there, and a shyness that made her blush, or want to burst into tears, at the most inopportune moments, was, she got the feeling, going to be thrown out into the cold winds of a world that was getting a lot of unemployed librarians on the market at the same time. So, Cathy Neeson had concluded, you can pretty much get started on packing up the books right away. She said books, like it was a word she found distasteful in her shiny new vision of media tech services, all those grubby, awkward books. Nina dragged herself into the back room with a heavy heart and a slight redness around her eyes. Fortunately, everyone else looked more or less the same way. Old Rita O'Leary, who should probably have retired about a decade ago but was so kind to their clientele that everyone overlooked the fact that she couldn't see the numbers on the Dewey Decimal System anymore, and filed more or less at random, had burst into floods, and Nina had been able to cover up her own sadness, comforting her.' 